Six o'clock, this is the SAFM Market Update with MoneyWeb. Hilton Tarrant with you on this Thursday evening. Tonight, there's no stopping luxury goods maker Richemont, despite Chief Executive Johan Rupert taking a year-long sabbatical from the chairmanship. The share rockets to 8% to an all-time high on the JSE today. Renaissance Capital's Ray Viem on results from the maker of Cartier, Montblanc and Alfred Daniel. PPC's new Chief Executive, Ketso Gordon, is expecting rival Sepaku to compete on price when it starts cement production later. Later this year, the country's largest cement maker is shifting its sights increasingly northwards. Brenthurst Wealth's Magnus Haystack on saving for retirement in our My Money feature. One out of every three South Africans are still in debt when they stop working. And David Shapiro of Sasfin is with us to make sense of the markets on another record day for the JSE. That's and more to come. Here's the news. SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. Amplite strike suspended and about turn on the liquor bill. Good evening, I'm Greg Hose with the news at 6 o'clock on SAFM. Plans for a strike over retrenchment at Anglo-American Platinum's Rustenburg operation in the northwest have been suspended. The Workers' Committee say they've decided to wait until tomorrow to see how the company responds to their opposition to planned retrenchments. Earlier, the committee said the strike would begin this evening. Amplite's plans to retrench 6,000 miners. It says management has only become aware of issues after they were raised by workers through the media. Parliament's backed a controversial decision by the Speaker of the National Assembly to refer a report on the security upgrade of President Jacob Zuma's residence and in Kantla to the Joint Standing Committee on Intelligence, saying it's based on legal opinion. In a statement, it claims parts of the report contain sensitive information regarding the security of a national key point. The Intelligence Committee will remove any information which they deem to be secret before referring the report to the National Assembly. It's been a day of high drama involving police, five suspects and officials of the Social Services Agency on the Cape Flats. In the first incident, two officials and some members of the public were arrested for alleged fraud involving disability grants at the Guguletu branch of the Social Service Agency. Police then arrested five armed men in Mitchell's plane following a robbery at one of the agency's pay points. Police spokesperson F.C. Van Vake. Police members spotted them and a chase ensued. Five of these suspects were then arrested, from which one were taken to a nearby hospital with wounds. Five firearms were confiscated, uh, from of which one is R5 uh, rifle. The money has not been uh, discovered as yet. The Western Cape Education Minister Donald Grants appealed to parents of learners at a high school in Athlone to send their children back to the school. This follows a shooting incident which claimed the life of a 17-year-old learner on the school premises yesterday. He was shot in the head by three suspects. The minister says just over half of the learners reported for school today. The only way out for our children is to have a quality matric and for those, especially in matric who are not at school, they must come back immediately. There's increased police presence in the area and as I said, the police acted last night and the risk is significantly reduced. The Gauteng Provincial Parliament has made an about turn announcing that it's forging ahead with public hearings on the Gauteng Liquor Bill. This is contrary to reports that the Economic Development MEC had withdrawn it. If passed, the bill may lead to the banning of alcohol sale on Sundays. A committee chairperson, Spivem Trina, explains. There are separation of powers between the department, which is the executive, and the legislature. 
the bill, as I'm talking to you now, sits with the legislature. The legislature is going to start its own processes. So there is no bill that has been withdrawn. The only people who can withdraw the bill is us as the legislature. So I'm not going to comment on the issues of the department. I can only comment on the issues of how are we going to handle the legislature as the institution, which is the Parliament of Helping. Pope Francis hit out at what he calls the invisible tyranny of money. In address to ambassadors of the Vatican, the Pope said reforms were urgently needed to help people living under what he termed the dictatorship of a faceless world economy. The BBC's David Willey. Pope was talking to a small group of diplomats, newly accredited to the Vatican. In his first major speech on the world economic crisis, he said life had become worse for people in both rich and poor countries. Money has to serve, not to rule, he said. In a biblical reference, Pope Francis said the worship of the golden calf of old had found a new and heartless image in the current cult of money and the dictatorship of an economy which lacks any real human goal. Top story, plans for a strike over retrenchments at Anglo-American Platinum's Rustenburg operation have been suspended. The next news bulletin is at 7 o'clock. For SAFM, I'm Greg Hose. SAFM Market Update with MoneyWeb. Thanks, Greg. It's five and a half minutes after six o'clock this uh, Thursday evening. Uh, Hilton Tarrant with you on the SAFM Market Update until 6.30. Keep uh, those SMSs coming in on our SMS line. 34701 with the keyword market. That's 34701 with the keyword market. So we'll get to uh, some of your questions uh, before 6.30 this evening. First up. As always, Google and Fupi has your business news. Thanks, Hilton. Good evening. Well, we start off with some good news regarding today's market performance as solid demand for industrial stocks such as Richmond and Nasbass propelled the JC to a fresh high today, outpacing the continuing sell-off in the resources sector on a combination of weaker commodity prices and labor tensions. Tonga Tulip says it expects its headline earnings per share for the year to rise by more than 14%, lifted in part by increased sugar production. The agri-processing company says productivity rose by 9%, with major increases seen from its operations in Zimbabwe. And the International Monetary Fund has approved 15, a 15 billion rand bailout loan for Cyprus today and released a small percentage of this to the Cypriot government. The loan is part of a combined emergency financing deal set by the IMF and the European Stability Mechanism that aims to support the government as it seeks to stabilize the ravaged Cypriot banking sector. A look at the markets now in the JSE Share Index is closed up by 1% at 41,427 points. Looking at the rand, well, that's fallen even further against the major currencies. It's trading at 9.30 to the US dollar, 14.20 to the pound, and 11.99 against the euro. Gold trading at $1,384 an ounce, a barrel of Brent crude oil at $104, and the platinum price at $1,480 an ounce. Thanks a lot, Gugu. Seven minutes after six o'clock. David Shapiro of Sassman with us. David, there was no stopping the JSE today, mm-hmm. up 1%, 41,427. Another fresh uh, record close, and uh, I guess we could have been stronger. If it wasn't for platinum and gold. <laughs> so, but a, a very strong day, and it just continues. This is, uh, you know, we're getting into um, a, a really a, a strong bull market where uh, you just get continuous days of good performance. You know, even if you look at the U.S. today, um, there was some bad data out on the manufacturing side, um, you know, on the housing side, and yet we're still creeping up into uh, positive territory as more and more money flows into the into the market. So we're getting a lift from 
that. But uh, today it was Richmond. Yesterday, Naspers up six percent. In fact, Naspers up another two percent mm-hmm. today. Now these are heavyweights. You know, these are these are shares with lots of muscle that uh, that can uh, can really move the needle on uh, you know on the all share index. And Richmond at eight percent is a massive move. You know, against some very good results and. Uh, Upbeat prospects. We don't often get upbeat prospects coming out of Richmond. You know, they're normally mm. tempered, but uh, uh, you know, in this case, it's just just pointing towards uh, you know uh, f- further good sales and further good profits. So, industrials leading the way. What do they call him, David? Rupert the Bear. <laughs> Rupert the Bear. Yeah. In fact, uh, we we were quite skeptical because I think last year or uh, the interim stage, he was also fairly upbeat. So, oh no, that's the kiss of death because um, you know the share had done so well while he was mm. negative. We were just scared that once he turns positive, things would turn the other way. This is a company that is almost worth half a trillion rand mm. at today's market mm. cap, uh, over 80 rand a share um, at the close, well over 80 rand, 85 rand, 81. This is a 20-bagger from its lows. From a, you know, this is, um, and it's not expensive. It's, it's, if you look at the earnings in rands, and I've, I've done a very crude conversion using the, uh, you know, the euro into rand at the moment, you're only on a 20 multiple. Now, this is a share that is, that is normally trades around about this, traditionally has traded. And if you can get good numbers again, like we, you know, repeated this numbers, then it's not expensive. You know, if we're going to grow at 20, 25% uh, into the future, even in the high teens, then it doesn't make it that expensive for a quality company like this with a, with a, with a sustainable track record like this company has. Let's bring in Ray Vim, uh, analyst at Renaissance Capital Rencap. Now, Ray, uh, sales growth of 14% in the year, operating profit 18% higher at Richmond. Johan Rupert today announcing he will take a year-long sabbatical from September. And I guess uh, succession planning is spot on. Share up uh, very strongly today. It's not every company and not every day that a, a chairman can announce a one-year sabbatical and, and see a share price rise by 8 9%. Yeah, I don't know if you can actually link the two uh, with each other, but um, yeah, the the share price performance today, I think, um, the way we see it, um, was attributable to two factors, maybe three. Um, the one was the update on the April sales, mm-hmm. uh, which um, increased by 12% in constant currency. Now, that was better than what we thought it would be. We thought it would be around about the middle, mid-single digits increase. But I think what really surprised the market was the 86% increase in the dividend. Um, so I think you know, that was the, the, the main driver of the share price today. Any, any concerns in the numbers and in the presentation today, Ray? No, the, the results were solid. Um, you know, you had um, the margins increasing, um, obviously benefiting from, from, from the sales growth of, of 14%. So that's why you got the operating profit increase of 18%. Um, if we look at the, the cash generation, um, yeah, you could ask some questions there, um, but you remember the business is inve- investing in the future, so so that is why we didn't really see an increase in the in the, in the cash position. But you know they're sitting with with 3.2 billion euros of cash, which is which is quite a lot. Uh, Ray, just to close off with David Shapiro here says the the share uh, does not look too expensive at at, at current levels. Your thoughts? I mean, it, it has run a little bit ahead of our 
valuations, um, but but not by too much. Um, it's on a on a rolling Ford PE based on today's movement of close to 18 times. Now, historically, the Ford rolling P is more like 15 and a half. Ray Viem is analyst at uh, Rencap Renaissance Capital. David, uh, this company, if you'd really dig into the numbers, mm. just astonishing. Mm. It sold 5 mm. billion euros of luxury watches mm. last year. Uh, and, I mean, it's a top end of the market, so you've got very good margins, and you've got a, uh, a base. How can I explain it? It's a base that is not too particular about pricing. Mm. Uh, very strong base. It's the high end of a luxury market, which is uh, almost inelastic. So I like it. And I think that the fact that America's coming back, I see as very positive. In fact, Japan as well. Mm. You mm. know, have a look at the GDP numbers that came out of Japan today showing consumer confidence. Japan has been um, an area of the market that has underperformed recently or has been very subdued. You know, we've been relying on China. So if you get China continuing, and I'm sure there's a push to consumption there, and you get Japan coming better and America coming better. Well, you know, just set the set the stage for a very strong showing in 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 most of the luxury goods markets. Stock up six hundred forty-five today, eight uh, percent. That move is almost exactly the dividend that was announced. Mm. The dividend one Swiss franc. If you take it, off dividend withholding tax, it comes up to around 630 at today's exchange yeah, rate. Yeah, well, that's not exactly a, a huge dividend. They've never been big dividend mm. payers. You know, they've always, um, as Ray said, they've always reinvested in their, uh, you know, in, in their expansion. And I think, you know, if you reinvest in your band and you reinvest in future. Uh, profits or re- future sales that's a great move but I mean it's still it's a 1% even with this dividend it's hardly it's a 1% dividend yield I think which is not exactly going to get the market pumping you know even though for, for, for Richmond that is very very generous Jan Rupert looked up at the room full of analysts at the presentation this morning and uh, said to them very simply why don't you guys do some work a room full of assembled analysts. You mean, why are they there? Mm. What, what are they there for? <laughs> David, you can afford to say that. <laughs> elsewhere on the market, uh, some chaos still in platinum. Mm. Uh, Lonman is uh, returning back to normal. I think they had about 90, 92% mm. attendance at today's shift. It's very unclear what's happening on the ground at Anglo-American Platinum. You heard in the news with Greg that uh, there is not going to be a work stoppage. Reuters earlier reporting that there would be a work stoppage. And one wonders, uh, one wonders if these companies actually know what's going on. I, at a mind I, I think basis. that's a problem is that you've got no consistency. You know, you get you you go back to uh, full production, or you start you start your shafts again, you start your shifts again. Sorry, and uh, next week something else happens. You know, that's disruptive. So I think the market is just turning completely negative and just turning wary on on the platinum sector. Angler Platts is down 16% this month alone, now well below that 300 rand mark. And uh, just there doesn't seem to be any stopping. No one's coming in to support the share. So it's uh, and it's also affecting the rand. You know, mm. the rand at one stage was up to nine thirty-seven against the dollar. It did pick up a little with an improvement in the euro and uh, improvement in commodity prices as we saw that buying. But I mean, at nine thirty, we've come from virtually nine in a week or two ago. So dramatic falls in the rand, which which really is reflecting what's happening in the platinum sector. Nine thirty-one at the moment. Uh, Anglo Platts two eighty-six exactly at the end of today. Impala Platinum ninety-six rand twenty-five. Uh, that share uh, down 1% on the day. Tongat, uh, after the trading mm. update, full year earnings up 14.4%, but at the first half, mm. HEPs were up 28%. Mm. I, you know what? Um, 
I heard, uh, you know, when, when you were talking about um, Tongart and uh, um, the share came back as a result mm. of that. And if you look at sugar sales flat, um, most of the money was made out of land development. Uh, starch also slightly better. So a deteriorating situation there, um, which was reflected in the share price. The share price came back a little, I think, on, on those worries. Mm. Well, look, it's a comprehensive trading update. One still has to wait for the, uh, you know, the Well, I mean, the, that trading through. update, David, yeah. suggests to you that earnings were flat in flat. the second half. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's, you know, that came through in a little bit of the commentary as well. And I think that's why the share price came down. Netcare, first off, uh, trading update. Those uh, results out on Monday, yeah. so a couple of days' uh, time. Earnings up 20 to 25%? Yeah, that was the, the, the normalized or the, mm. the real earnings. And I think a lot of that's all here. You know, that's, that's, that's in South Africa. Um, you would have seen, if you looked at uh, um, life healthcare as well, a very good result. So I think life healthcare, Mediclinic and uh, Netcare doing well in South Africa. I think where the problems lie with Netcare or not here, they're offshore. But, you know, so one's got to just take that as zero and focus on what's happening at home. And then Omnia, full year earnings up somewhere between 38 and Great. 41 percent. Brilliant result, absolutely brilliant. To me, this is this is one of my favourite companies. Mm. I mean, if you've tracked or traced the history of this company over the last five to ten years, it's been a absolute super winner, and uh, just continues to to outperform. Great management. Very well placed, and uh, you know it's just one I think that you've got to look at to add to your portfolio. I remember when they did the rights offer mm. for that uh, nitric mm. acid plant. Mm. I mean, the rights issue was done way below what, 100 50 rand, 50 rand, 60 yeah, rand, somewhere there. Mm. Today, 167 mm. rand, 50 at the yeah, close. Brilliant, yeah, and you know, 38, 40 percent. This is this is real growth. Eh? SAFM market update with MoneyWeb. Well, South Africa's largest cement producer, PPC, reporting results for the six months to March 31st today. Revenue up by 8% in the six months year-on-year. Headline earnings per share down 17%. Uh, new Chief Executive Ketso Gordon joins us now. Ketso cement sales growth of 6% for the group in the six months. 6% growth in volumes here in South Africa as well. Things not exactly roaring, but uh, I guess solid given the, the macro environment. Yes, no, absolutely. I, th- I think one would have expected growth to be more in line with GDP numbers, which is around 2 to 3%. So it's exceeded our expectations, and we are very happy with that. In terms of cement imports in South Africa, uh, we're we seeing the effects of those in markets close to ports like, like Durban, uh, Port Elizabeth, and Cape Town. What percentage of the market uh, do imports make up? Uh, our estimate is that it's about 750,000 tons, so that would mean about 6.5%. Uh, of, of market share is going to imports. Seventy percent of that, however, goes into Durban, where we don't have a presence, but clearly impacting us in Eastern Cape and Western Cape. In terms of the, the, the cost dynamics, uh, the price of an imported bag of cement versus a, the price of a, of a bag of cement here, is there a big disparity between the two? There's roughly a 10 to 15 percent disparity, depending on, on the exchange rate. And that's enough of a, of, a, of a price differential for the informal uh, traders and others uh, that are distributing the imported cement to make some money. In terms of the costs of making cement in South Africa, you are being hit on all sides, uh, not only on labor costs, which uh, I guess any industry would be, would be feeling, but a quarter of the cost of making cement is energy-related, electricity, diesel, coal, no relief on, on any of those uh, prices. 
No, and I mean, because it's such a big contributor to the cost of making cement, you know, the impact is felt very immediately. And on, on electricity and diesel in the last two or three years, it's been quite a, quite a hammering uh, on the cost of, of production. You are uh, expecting uh, increased competition here in South Africa at the end of this calendar year. Uh, there is a competitor that will uh, start producing cement uh, in December. Do, do you see that having a noticeable impact on, on the South African market? I, th- I think it has to have a noticeable impact. This is a player coming in uh, with a brand new plant, new technology, and hoping to produce up to 2 million tons a year in a market where we are probably now selling about 12 million tons. That's clearly a big addition, uh, particularly because all of us have spare capacity. So, you know, it's going to have to, it's going to be an interesting uh, process, but the new entrant is clearly going to have to use a pricing strategy to win market share, uh, and that will clearly impact on the local industry. What we have done in the meantime to prepare for the entrant and for competition is we've looked at how to optimize our network of plants. We will produce most of our, our, our cement at the three most efficient plants we have, the Hook in the Cape, uh, Slurry and Dwalbom in the inland region. Dwalbom, which is our most modern plant, will be very competitive and probably produce as efficiently as Sepaku's new plant. Um, secondly, we're looking at new ways of accessing distribution channels that we can uh, reach the end customer directly. Mm. And thirdly, we've done a bit of technical innovation, both at the level of using alternate energy, but also in the actual production process. And the one, the one thing we've tried and tested and has worked is a innovation that allows us to extend the cement. So from the same amount of clinker, which is the expensive stuff to produce, we can produce a larger amount of cement. So it reduces the average cost per ton. So you know we, we we have to we have to be very focused on 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 being competitive uh, at a cost level without compromising uh, what is clearly a uh, premium priced product that we have. Okay, so you do have operations just north of of the Limpopo River in Zimbabwe. How's trading going in that country? Trading there has been fantastic because we've been able to increase uh, volumes there for this this half by fifteen percent. We have managed to contain uh, cost of production and even put in a a 2% price increase at a time when we've benefited quite significantly from the exchange rate uh, as as the Zimbabwe economy is completely dollarized. So that's been been a great story for us. Uh, We're optimistic about the cement industry. We're optimistic about where the economy in Zimbabwe is going in general. And, uh, you know, quite pleased with our decision to continue with our feasibility study about building a new plant there, uh, hopefully starting later this year. In Rwanda, you do own 49% of, of uh, a business there, the only producer of cement in that country, uh, running a 100,000 ton a year plant, and you are building a new 600,000 ton a year plant uh, in, in Rwanda. Significant potential in that market, not only for, for the Rwandan market, but for, for the region. Yeah, I mean, the plant is located, you know, unbelievably, it is five kilometers away from the DRC and, uh, you know, five kilometers away from Burundi. So Mm -hmm. we can serve all three markets, you know, and we think that uh, a 600,000 ton a year plant is adequate at this stage for the size of Rwanda and the level of economic growth there. 
and you know it's it's a it's a it's a wonderful opportunity for us and that project is going pretty well the pro- the construction has started and will be completed by the third quarter of 2015 Okay, so just to close off with, 22% of your revenue from outside of South Africa in these six months, where do you see that number shifting over time? I mean, our strategic objective, which has been publicly stated, is to get it to 40% by the 2016 financial year. And I think if we are able to complete Ethiopia, Rwanda, Zimbabwe, and the new project we have started talking about today, which is a one million ton plant in the DRC, then I think we will very comfortably achieve that objective. Ketsa Gordon is Chief Executive of PPC. Invest in a Capitec Bank fixed-term savings account and you could earn up to 8.5% interest per year. Conditions apply. Almost 25 after 6 o'clock, this My Money feature is brought to you by Capitec. Well, uh, Sondheim's Benchmark Symposium uh, was held this week at uh, Vodacom World, uh, laying bare the realities of South Africa's retirement crisis. After retirement, more than half of pensioners can't make ends meet in South Africa. One in three are still in debt when they stop working, and uh, more than half still have adult dependents to support on retirement. We welcome Magnus Haystack of Brenthurst Wealth, a regular uh, on the market update. Magnus, are there any golden rules when it comes to saving for retirement? Yeah, good, good, good afternoon, uh, Hilton. Quite, quite simply, start sooner, invest longer, and work longer. In fact, I saw a study just the other day that's saying that the average 50-year-old in the United Kingdom will have to work 11 years longer than a generation ago to build up enough capital to retire even relatively comfortable. So I think that uh, the warnings that are contained in that Sunlam report are extremely valid. But these warnings have been sounded over many, many years, and it just seems like people don't, they're not, they're not changing their investment and spending behavior. They're just spending recklessly. They want to retire at 60 or 58. And with 30 years to go, it is simply not going to work out. We do talk about this a lot, and it is one of those things that, uh, I guess, because of the seriousness of of the situation, we do need to keep talking about. If if someone makes a mistake, if they switch jobs and uh, don't reinvest the pension that's paid out, or perhaps they start saving a little bit late, instead of starting at 25, maybe they only start at 35, can they still catch up? It's very difficult, you know, and especially when people change jobs, you know, the, 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 the attraction of grabbing hold of that cash is just simply too big. People always rationalize, you know, I don't mind paying the tax, I'll make it up somehow, or I'll invest it somewhere else in a better format. Everybody thinks that they're different, and uh, the reality is that by not preserving your money, uh, your, your retirement capital when you change jobs, you just, every time you do that, you start from scratch again and that's one of the biggest problems people make and the sooner they make preservation of retirement funding or capital uh, compulsory the better Magnus, how much should should a South African save of their salary every month how much should they save I mean we always get told about 10% 10% doesn't seem nearly enough well to be quite flippant uh, they should save more <laughs> mm. whatever they're saving you know 15% or 16% and again I'm referring to research in the United States you know, the, 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 there's a lot of research being done in the United States that we don't have. For instance, the, um, the MIT has got an age lab, and they study these things. And I saw the number of 22% uh, 
uh, of your of your gross income if you want any chance of of uh, having enough capital and that was over a period of 40 years so most people are underfunding their retirement Magnus Hastek is with Brenthurst Wealth. David, uh, the, the Sunlam study, uh, yeah. the symposium, some astonishing mm. and very simple, very easy to relate to facts. Mm. After working for 10 years, mm. you need to have saved twice mm. your annual salary. Mm. And that mm. number escalates. After but 20 years, you need to have saved four times could, your you annual salary. You could do salary. a simple one. If you retire at 60 and you live to 85, you've got to fund yourself for 25 years. If you're 60, when did you start working? 25? Mm. That's only 35 years. So 30, well, call it 20. So 40 years to fund 25 years, you can work out what you, just, just put that together, you know, you know exactly what you have to do. So I think the idea is either to find a rich woman or have a rich dad or something. I think that's the <laughs> easiest way out. Otherwise, it's really, really tough. Well, this my money feature was brought to you by Capitec. Invest in a Capitec Bank fixed-term savings account and you could earn up to 8.5% interest per year. Choose between single or multiple deposits. Terms range from 6 to 60 months. Rates are fixed and you'll never earn less than 5.35%. Visit www.capitecbank.co.za for more info or visit your nearest branch. Conditions apply. Capitec Bank. Simplicity is the ultimate sophistication. Well, it was a day where the JSE ended up uh, 1%, 41,427 points on the all-share. Uh, Richmond uh, up 8% on the day, ending at 85.81. In fact, all-time highs for all of the Rupert family companies, Richmond, Remgro, and Renette, all at uh, all-time highs. David, how's that? Renette as well. <laughs> Renette as well. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> also, 52-week highs for Zeta One Logics, Netcare, Omnia, Grindrod, MTN, Ellie's, and Redefine International, that on the back of a deal in in the UK. 52-week lows, Sibanya now under 8 rand a share. Amplats under pressure, as we said earlier. Harmony, uh, Impala, Platinum. Pallinghurst also under pressure and a number of the other small cap uh, uh, platinum shares as well. The rand currently at 9.31 against the US dollar. That's half a percent weaker. This has been the SAFA Market Update with MoneyWeb. Full transcripts online at www.moneyweb.co.za. We're back at 6 o'clock tomorrow, 6.30 now, and time for game plan.